Welcome back to the Lights Out podcast. You know, we have a very, very interesting episode for you guys today. Uh, so first, we're going to go in, into a little detail of what's happened in the preseason testing, but then we'll uh, do a race recap of uh, the Bahrain Grand Prix that happened this morning, or that happened today, depending on where you are in the world. Uh, for us, it was in the morning. Unfortunately, yep. we weren't there live, where it would have been, I don't even know what time, I guess the evening? Yeah, yeah. I think it started at like 6 p.m. Yeah. local yeah, time, yeah. I want to say something like that. Yeah, like mm-hmm. 6 or 7 is, I think, when, yeah, they have night races, but anyway. So, I um, mean, testing was uh, interesting. I feel like the big talking points definitely, I mean, I feel like the more more the talking points came the back of the grid and the front. I feel like Red Bull, yep. based on the way they ended last season, they kind of just continued to dominate. Um, yep. I don't think there's any question about that. In terms of, like, first team I want to talk about is McLaren, who are just in a pile of shit right now. Yeah, but there is a silver yeah. lining that we'll get to. Or yeah. at least I want to talk about later. But. Yeah, I, I, I think I know where you're going, but I think for the team they were at the end of 2021 and the failure to capitalize like other teams did on the regulation change right. to where they are now, I feel like you only – Lando Norris only has so much patience, right? So you have to kind of sort things out. And testing was definitely – I think McLaren, were pro- they had the least amount of laps run, and they definitely had the most problems. Um, yeah, no, they definitely had the worst of it. Um, I felt like, obviously, you know, Aston Martin fanboy here, so I do have to talk about Aston Martin's huge jump to, like, the fighting with the top few teams. And we had Felipe Drugovic get um, P3 in the morning. We had Fernando Alonso show out basically all three days. And, yeah, so that was um, good to see them make a jump. I also felt like Williams had a pretty impressive testing session. They led laps at least one day. I know that for a fact. And, um, yeah, I'm, they've just been running well, I feel like. Um, yeah, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, like, Alphatari's is kind of like is going like a little little backwards, and especially that that god ugly uh, livery that they terrible have. livery, <laughs> the worst terrible. on the grid by far. Oh, oh my gosh! Uh, Same with Alpine too. Honestly, they're yeah. also just like having a well. Alfa Romeo's before we saw everybody else. Like, Ooh, Alfa Romeo's looks good, but now that we see the whole like weight saving by not putting the paint on, it literally yeah. it just looks like they just forgot to put the paint the rest of it. Right. Yeah. And it right, doesn't right, look right. as cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, moving into qualifying yesterday or practice even, like you said, Spencer, um, Aston Martin were, you know, roaring through testing. Yeah, and Fernando. I think, and the big news was that Lance, you know, he broke his wrists and yeah, he it was broke like a, his toe. It was like a cycling accident. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like mountain yeah. biking. So we didn't know if he was even going to be able to race, but he did race in Bahrain. He did, did quali. Yeah, um, yeah, and they looked pretty good. Fernando, I mean, halfway through, he thought he maybe he was going to be on for pole. That pace wasn't quite there. Ferrari still looked like they had pretty good, you know, one lap pace. Yeah. Um, and Red Bull, who didn't seem as great in practice, kind of <laughs> they came through and it mattered. In Q3. <laughs> Wiped the floor in yeah. typical fashion. Yeah, just like picking up right where they left off the past yeah. few seasons. Just absolutely dominating the field. Another one too. Just. 
we're in for a boring season in terms of who's gonna win. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think uh, Red Bull is is kind of replicating what uh, Mercedes kind of did in like the the past few years of of not really like pressing too much during testing, not really like revealing too much, and kind of giving like other teams a little bit of hope, uh, and then just like when the season starts, just crush everything. Uh, they just crush everyone else, and I don't know. I kind of kind of showed it in today's race um you know yeah. there wasn't there wasn't any strategy for ferrari to s- screw up uh today just because they were so off the race well yeah, yeah i mean I, I think you bring up an interesting point like when you compare red bull to like what mercedes used to be like red bull now seems a complete dominant team and that sucks then you look at all right who can uh realistically compete with that the next fast car is probably ferrari but it looks like their engine reli- reliability issues are here to stay. So that kind of yeah, they already changed the two things out of yeah. like. You yeah, look at Mercedes. Changed. You look at Mercedes, and even if they're as fast as Aston Martin, that's like they're not as fast as Ferrari. Right. So they're not in it. And Aston Martin, I mean, as much as good as they look, they're they were thirty five seconds behind Perez or whatever, or Verstappen, whatever it was. So they're yep. nowhere near either. So I think what you're looking at right now is like a really entertaining battle for second, which sucks first race of the season. But yeah, I honestly think that I don't know when the new regulations come in. I think it's 2026, maybe. Yeah. Like for the next three seasons, I think the thing is Red Bull, like Mercedes in 2014, they nailed the regulation change. And now they're just that much far ahead of the field. Like Aston Martin, you saw it in the middle of last season when they changed their side pods. And that look like Red Bulls. Yeah. Even then, they're still obvious that Red Bull have nailed that car design, and they've been able to develop it so much more. Everyone else, since they didn't get it spot on at the start, it's an uphill battle. Yeah, that's what's mind blowing to me. It's just like, obviously, we knew that they were going to be the favorites going into this race. I mean, they've been dominating the field for the past like season and a half. But just like the fact of how much ahead of everybody else they are just is crazy to me it's like yeah like they have like the same amount of time to work on the car and they put in the same amount of hours and development and all that stuff but they're just so far ahead it just it's kind of crazy yeah i mean kind of during all like last season at um once once we found out that red bull had gone over like the spending cap in uh, and basically their penalty was getting 10% less time of, uh, like in the wind t- tunnel testing. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought that was going to close the gap, but. Well, apparently this, what I've heard that might kick in, like the ramifications of that might be felt like in the middle of the season. Oh, interesting. So when, not like preseason development. Gotcha. No, okay. Yeah. That, that's what I heard. Um, and maybe that will be a leveler. Um, because as much as like. Red Bull were pissed and all that. If you watch Drive to Survive, you could see how pissed they were. Yeah, I just watched as that a neutral fan, or not even like I like Red Bull. I was rooting for Lewis. I'm a, a right. Max when he was going against Lewis, but like now I don't. I don't want. I like I was pissed when Max won by as much. Like I don't want that. Like yes, I like the team. I like the drivers, but in the end, I want good racing. It's way yeah, better as a fan, good racing and exciting championship. We yeah, want so to see I, cars going wheel to wheel. We yeah. want to see all that stuff. Which, to be fair, and this is the shining light of the whole season, and it's 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 bittersweet for me because I'm a huge Seb fan, and it's kind of like 
what if Seb stayed that extra season and he would have this monster car? But having Fernando Alonso in a genuinely like podium caliber car is fantastic for Formula uh, Yeah, I was, saw watching, that today. I was watching the race today and I was thinking to myself, this is the best we've seen him perform since he left McLaren. Like he hasn't raced as well as this, or probably and, since, or probably since Ferrari, because like, yeah, like it, probably since like 2012. It's been at least a decade since he's raced as well as this, and he's looking like he's at the top of his game. Like he's going up there with like kids, not even like like Piastri, for example. Piastri wasn't even born when Alonso made his yeah. one debut. It's like, yeah. he's just continuing to wipe the floor, and you see it in his radio. I don't know if you guys like heard his radio messages, but he was like, yes, bye-bye. He's just like, he's, he's still got that. that excitement and that drive yeah, exactly. in him, and that's yeah. just so much fun to watch him race. You can't not but enjoy his racing craft. Yeah, I think another radio that kind of highlighted that, and it was interesting, because I'll start with the beginning of the race where it looks like Alonzo was kind of going for, you know, a switchback on a yeah. Russell and he went really deep or he came, he cut back and uh, Stroll <laughs> kind of hit him and <laughs> yeah. somehow there was no puncture, but right. you heard through Crofty and, and, um, and the commentary that, Alonzo kept asking, "Are you sure everything's okay?" And yeah, they just like, weren't we telling him. <laughs> and, and from there, it's like, okay, we knew that like whoever's Fernando's teammate, there's always a bit of something. And Lance Stroll, there's always a bit. There's always yeah. question marks about his awareness, and you just wonder if something's gonna happen. And literally one corner in, something <laughs> happened. But then you flash to the end of the race, and he's like checking in on Lance as he's like cruising to a podium. Right. And in fairness, yeah. though, I mean, Lance did have a fantastic drive yeah. today. Like, he was right up there with the Mercedes. I think he was closing in on Hamilton at the end. He was past Russell. So, and especially, like, recently recovering with a broken wrist, like, fair play to him. It's, yeah, well, I mean, gotta give at, credit where credit's due. Yeah, like, exactly. he, couldn't, he couldn't turn properly because of his hands. Um, right. Which I think, I think is crazy that he went from there to the performance that he put into a whole race distance in, you know, a matter of days yeah no it's um i'm as an aston martin fan i'm excited for this season yeah i wonder like i'm kind of thinking like part of what i think uh like why aston martin is like so good this year is like the like salary difference between like vettel and uh alonzo like or like vettel being a bit more like of a of a decorated racer like i wonder like if they have like that much more money to spend on car development rather than on their driver, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, how do we know the specific details of the contract? I don't think we know the contract. Yeah, or at I least don't. I, don't, so I, I don't. I would say, had Fernando Alonso chosen the right teams to be on at the right times, he'd have four drivers. He, he's as good as Vettel. I yeah, think I, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not saying 100 necessarily yeah. better, but I'm just saying like, like stat wise, like. Like Vettel just has more reasons to negotiate for a higher salary than Alonzo. Yeah, I also think because of Alonzo retired, that doesn't help him. He's like seen as a bit of a risk. Maybe obviously he, you can see the quality he still has, but right. it, it it is interesting because I feel like when things went sour with Alpine, and at the time Aston Martin were the seventh slowest, car, seventh fastest car, right? Like what yeah. kind of movie? I, and I think the funny thing is. 
like Lawrence Stroll, I've been saying like, oh, we're spending this much money. We've got Dan Fallows. We're going to make this great car. And Fernando's like, yep, yep. Just give me my money and I'll just see out. And I don't, I don't, and you can tell from his reactions to all of this, he didn't expect it to be this good. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Kind of fun. They've seen that. We've said, they've said, been saying that in the press conferences. They're like, yeah, we did not expect the car to be like this fast and like this competitive. And it's just, what it has done is it made it's made the midfield or the second place competition a lot more competitive, which is good. Yeah, we just hope. I I, I just hope. I wish that Ferrari. I mean, it may, it may, maybe there's still time for them to re close the gap because I mean, Leclerc yeah. was. I don't know. But <laughs> he was at the same time, for a bit, they I already. Guess. They already, I have in my notes here, they already used one of the two allotted power unit battery changes for yeah. the season. And they also changed the control electronics, which is how does, how also that, one how, of two allotted for the season. On the first race, before the first race even happens, they're halfway done with their, like, with their power unit changes. It just, their Ferrari plan is just... And I, I think overall, not even, like, just that stuff i just think their engine reliability and we saw it so many times last year and we haven't again today we haven't even gotten to like a a major strategy call to see if that's improved you know right yeah i mean we we saw it again today the engine just like we don't know it clearly can't hold up i mean leclerc had the engine failure and it's just it's just the same old same old with ferrari Mm. i think another team we should talk about or driver rather we should talk about um, is Pierre Gasly, who yeah. was not happy in practice, terrible qualifying, started last on the grid because he had a track time deleted. He wasn't going to make it out of Q1, but he started 20th, um, <laughs> and he had a great drive. He kind of just was a bit of a steady eddy and made his way through the field. On the other side of the garage, though, Akon had a <laughs> Every power. second he preached. I mean, he got a penalty. Every minute he was getting a new penalty, and he was just yeah. and, and Crofty was kind of violating him on commentary. He was like, "Well, if you he was he was like advertising their new way to watch in the cockpit of each driver. He's like, well, if you want a, a nice view of the pit lane, <laughs> go take a look at Akon because he kept getting he lined up in the wrong position, then he sped in the pit lane, or no, then they and then started, he, yeah, and then he served his penalty incorrectly. They had the mechanics. Yeah. But in fairness, that's not his fault. That's the mechanics working on the car yeah. first. But it was just like, I couldn't help but laughing. Like, it was just like every minute that passed, there was, oh, another penalty for Ocon. And it's like, why are they keep, have him in the race still? I mean, just like retire him. And they did eventually. But yeah. it was just fun. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, our American representative. Logan yeah, Sargent, best of the rookies. Yeah. Who I didn't think, I mean, I wasn't filled with confidence coming in because he wasn't the pick of the bunch coming from F2. I think it's safe to say based on performances. I feel like there were lots of murmurs that like his American, because he's American, he you know brings a lot of commercial value. But him, I mean, Albon, great drive, got points in 10th and, Sergeant was right there in twelfth, and he yeah no Williams yeah. No, Williams, and that Williams yeah. didn't look bad. Yeah, that was one of my talking points that I had. Is Williams had a fairly solid race for I mean their reputation as being the worst team on the grid over the past ten years or whatever. But like with Sergeant being the best of the rookies, finishing P twelve, solidly ahead of Nick DeVries, who is the next closest rookie, and. Albon P10, that's a good result. They're going to have a, an impressive season. They're making a big step up, which you love to see. 
Yeah. Uh, I kind of want to circle back to McLaren because uh, I know last year uh, they had a terrible barring uh, Grand Prix as well. I know that was like due to like the hard tires being being terrible uh, like last year, but it seemed and I was kind of worried that it was going to be the same thing this year because, uh, you know, you're not allowed to have like tire blankets uh, like anymore. Uh, so it's going to be even harder to warm up your tires. But we, we didn't see that. And we also didn't see the like crazy like uh, three like three stops um, in a in a dry in a completely dry race that we saw last year. Right. And I, I've heard, I know I've heard uh, that McLaren's got is getting like an upgrade package at uh at Baku, which is gonna be the fourth race of the season since uh China won't be on the calendar due to their uh COVID situation. So I just want wonder if uh McLaren will if it's just a one bad race or or well, they're they're upgrades. Race. The story with McLaren is they you know, had a philosophy of how the car was going to look last season. And then pretty, not pretty quickly, by the end of the season, realized it wasn't going to work out. And then they started developing a new package in the off season, it sounds like. But those upgrades aren't going to come until Baku. Right. And it just seems like they're caught in limbo. They're stuck with the car they kind of finished with last year. Um, by what I've heard from you know, drivers, Oscar and Lando said they're, they're really struggling grip of the cards and it's Lando described that it. it's just easy to make mistakes in. it's not an, a comfortable drive and I mean unless these changes fire I mean the midfield is so wide open that the best McLaren can hope for this year is probably like fifth right because they're not going to finish above Aston Martin it doesn't look like um but then you've got a bunch of teams in the midfield Alpine I know Alcom was bad today but Gasly if you he, he's in a car and yeah, he had a solid start race. last yeah. and finish ninth. Clearly, that car has got something. The yeah. Williams doesn't look bad, and McLaren, yes, while we think their drivers are super, super talented, Oscar still, you know, is unproven in Formula One. Obviously, Lando is going to get the best of whatever package they provide. It's just a massive uphill battle, and I think with the financial power that they have, and the hopes and like the brand of McLaren and having such a good driver pairing, that's a massive worry. Yeah, I mean, the one that's positive, overall, McLaren had a pretty disastrous, you know, Pierre, or Piastri retiring due to, like, a gearbox issue and Lando having hydraulic issues. But the one silver lining is that when they were actually, when Lando was actually, like, out on track and you would see him getting, like, caught up as he was being lapped by Lewis and I think it was Fernando, he was keeping pace with those guys. And they were pushing pretty hard. So that is... The pace of the car is there, but they just have to find the reliability and the grip and the balance. Of it. Yeah, and they have to be able to to get something out of it in qualifying. Because Lando, I mean, he should have gone out in Q1. He had the same exact time as Logan Sargent. Yeah. He said it first, so Lando went through. I mean, he, there could have been both of them out in Q1, um, which would have been a disaster. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, do we want to talk about um, Mercedes for a bit? I mean, yeah, we can. They look bright at points. Um, kind of like George a mid race. Have a great day for them. I yeah. mean, like I don't know. We had Lewis P five. We had Russell P seven. It wasn't like at least. Oh no, Russ. Yeah, Russell P seven. Lewis yep. P five. And yeah. um, yeah. I mean, like I don't know. They didn't it just like 
okay. It wasn't like anything special. Kind of like pretty much picking more up. More of the same from last yeah, year. Yeah, more of the same. Obviously, they finished last year super strong, and we were hoping that they could continue that. But it's just kind of like they're back to where they started last year, you know, just like a solid like tier two, tier three team. They're just, they clearly don't have the pace and the car to fight with the top contenders. Yeah, it seems like they're, sorry, you go. No, go ahead, Jazz, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I know like in Bahrain, like they were really struggling with uh, degradation. Uh, You know, it was weird because like, um, I know before like the first round of pit stops started, uh, George Russell was like, was like behind Lewis. Maybe he was getting some like dirty air saying, uh, is, is Lewis struggling? I think I've got more pace. And then he has a huge, like, and then he has a big lockup going into turn 10. And then, uh, and then they, and then, uh, and then George asks to pit first, but then they pit Lewis first. Uh, so it was just kind of weird. It seemed like they're both struggling and Alonzo was able to get past them like pretty, pretty easily. I mean, there was that, I think, I can't remember if it was uh, Russell or Lewis where, uh, where like Fernando got passed, but then, but then like the Mercedes like kind of cut back, and then uh, I think Fernando just thought they were, they were going into him, and then like he kind of went like really wide for uh to avoid it, and then like yeah, that was Lewis. He was passing Lewis for that. I remember because like the car, the announcers were saying the car kind of like snapped away from him. He had a little bit of oversteer that he had to correct. So. Yeah, I feel like the the recurring theme with Mercedes is this goes all the way back to its testing of last year, and it's their side pod philosophy. And we're yep. starting to get to the point where Toto is like, we don't know if we can, if if this is going to allow us to compete at at the front. And I feel like them, I don't know if it's arrogance or just being stubborn or prideful, but like, at what point do you realize you didn't you didn't get it right? Because Mercedes have the financial you know, capacity to be the best team. They have the infrastructure. They've got, you know, all the experienced um, engineers and they've got the drivers. And I mean, Lewis isn't going to stick around in a car. that's just going to finish fifth. He's just not. And they have to, you know, figure this out because he'll want to, he might retire. I mean, he might, I don't think he's going to leave because I don't know what, I mean, could we see Lewis at Ferrari? I feel like that'd be sick, but that would never That would be. That would be interesting. That would be him in red. That would be that would be crazy. (laughs) But I just feel like, but like that just sounds crazy. And if he, but if he stays at Mercedes, like he's not gonna win a title unless they, unless they, unless they, you know, just buck up their ideas and screw this side pod philosophy off. Unless they've been lying to us and have been like developing another philosophy. I mean, it doesn't sound like they've made the decision to abandon it yet, which means they've got to start. (laughs) <laughs> they gotta make a whole new idea and implement it. It's just like, well, where do you go from here? I feel like they should have looked at last year and like halfway through the season, and maybe they were, they should have rethought things. And yeah. they didn't. I think they're still starting to go back to the drawing board because like you said with Toto's quote quote of I don't know if this design is good enough. That shows that they're starting to like have that transition of oh, maybe we should redesign the card, but then again, like they had a very similar design last year of like the torpedo no side pod look and it just like it didn't do that well for them and there's probably it's probably a mix of the things 
you said, Chuck, pride, arrogance, stubbornness, all of that. Yeah. Like, they've been the top team for basically the past decade. Like, yeah. eight years, I want to say, they won the uh, Constructors' Championship in a row. And, like, that's – it's a huge achievement. And they're probably still riding that high. And they think, oh, yeah, we're Mercedes. You know, we can do this. But at the end of the day, you got to, like, start looking around and being like, Maybe you can't. Like, how many more races is it going to take to before they go back to the drawing board? Yeah, it, it's a it's a bad look on you if the team that like you're like giving your like old engines to is is beating you. Uh, like Aston Martin is like using the like, Mercedes engines, and yeah. so like it's kind of like um like a few years ago when we saw like Red Bull using those like unreliable Renault engines, but like massively overperforming. Like, like is like is Aston Martin gonna try to get like get a Ford Ford engine for when Ford comes <laughs> to F one in twenty twenty six? Right, we'll have yeah. to see I mean, about that. I think I think the thing is I don't think it's the engine. Um, I think the big thing with these cars is the floor. That's where the downforce is generated. Yeah, and. Whatever Adrian Newey and Helmut Marco and the guys at Red Bull have figured out has, you know, it, it's just they it just worked. And I don't think, and he, this is why I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily gone to the side pods. Now I'm far from, you know, engineering, and like, I'm not an engineer, right? So like me trying yeah. to explain why the Mercedes side pod philosophy changes their downforce in relation to their floor is like. Me trying to speak Spanish, right? It's just not gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, the technical side of F1 is it's crazy, so complicated. Yeah, it's and so, um, I, I can sit here and be like, oh, they need to change something, it's not working, but realistically, far smarter people than all of us, <laughs> yeah, what, are, what do we know? Are getting paid college. millions of dollars to fix this, and it's not working. So, I mean, I, I, I never, I, I didn't love Mercedes for the same reason. I think a lot of people didn't just because they were so dominant. Like, how can you like anyone like that? It's just – you never want to see a sport where you want parity, uh, especially at the top of the, of the league or whatever you're in, right, conference, yeah. whatever you're in. And right now, Red Bull is playing <laughs> the role of Mercedes, and now I, I'm rooting for Mercedes to get back into it. Yeah, it's kind of funny. When Mercedes was dominating, everybody was like, oh, we don't want Mercedes to win. They've been winning too much. Anybody but Lewis, anybody but Mercedes. Well, you got anybody but Lewis. You got anybody but Mercedes. And now people are complaining again. It's just like, we want inconsistencies. You want to see like varied results. Exactly. That's all it comes down to. It's almost like if you look at the history of Formula One, there are so many stretches where it's like, and to be fair, it's been accentuated in the last decade. If you look at, Excluding Max, I mean, we're starting with Max. Excluding Nico, right? Yeah. They all won four in a row. Lewis won, what was it, five in a row or four in a row. And there were two and then f- four. Something like that. Two, yeah. two and then four, and then he won yeah. the one in 2008. And it's like, that's it's just like the team who gets the regulations right and has the car for the best period of time, you're not going to have a team that has two drivers who could win it. You saw how bad it went. With Nico and uh, Lewis, like yep. you're just not like. Let's hypothetically say Lando Norris wants to leave McLaren, right? And Red Bull come calling. Like I don't know if Lando would go there because I don't think he'd be, think he'd be able to win a world championship. It's so interesting that you have to be in the right team. Who yes has the right car, but also and you have to be the also, number one driver. You have to be at number that one team. driver. 
Yeah. And so silly. I think what we're seeing with Max and what we saw with Lewis and what we saw with Seb, it's the nature of Formula One. It's teams know if you're the best team, you know you can't afford to take points off of each other. So you yeah. end up just having this one man show and it kind of leads to what we're seeing with Lewis and what we're seeing what we saw with Lewis and what we're seeing with Max. And that's why Danny left Red Bull back in twenty eighteen. He's just yeah. he was like, Yeah, I'm not the number one driver. Clearly you guys have different priorities, so I'm gonna go somewhere else where I actually feel appreciated. Yeah, no, and also just to add on to what you guys have been saying, is like, or if you're like, if you look at at Red Bull, like they're making the car like to match like Max's driving style, not like like very little of it's going to like Checo's preference. Yeah, so like it's really hard not only to beat someone like Max, but it's even harder to like beat Max in a car that's meant for Max to drive, if that makes sense. And yeah. Alex came out, Alex Albon came out and said that, and he did the sick thing for the Players' Tribune, and was like, it's like your sensitivity on your mouse is turned up to a 1,000. That's what it's like driving a car tail over Max. Interesting. And because Max is so good, he's able to just be so precise. Uh, and I think a lot of students, the front end, it's just so sharp. You have to be so exact. And because Max is so good, he can cope with that but like you put Gasly next to him you put Albon next to him and Kvyat I mean years ago whatever you want to say yeah and they can't cope with it I, I think partially a lot of respect is needs to be given to Checo because oh, I mean since he's coming in the second like the second half of 2021 he's been there I mean yeah he's not like I mean, he's only a, he's about a tenth off in qualifying which isn't crazy but that's to be expected if you're right. a second driver. Like, if you're a second driver, best case scenario is that you're within half, a, you're lapping within half a second of your teammate. Yeah. And you're getting the two of the one, two. That's right. That's exactly. Happening. You want to be like, you want to be like, like the consistent rock for your team. You want to pick up the scraps when the number one driver, like, either crashes, makes a mistake, something like that. You want to be like Mr. Consistency. And Checo's been doing that. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, I think Checo, like I think he really has to get second in the drivers' championship this year because I know like last year like Ferrari like at certain I like mo- or a lot of tracks like they had more like like pace and race pace like versus Red Bull so it was kind of it's more of a challenge for like Checo to be able to beat uh beat Leclerc over a season but but now like. We can see that like Red Bull is like clearly ahead of Ferrari. So if if Checo like can't pull like can't get that uh, second in the driver's standings this year, like he's not. I don't think he's gonna get another extension uh, after twenty twenty four. Yeah, no, I it'll think, be interesting to see what they yeah. do if he doesn't get an extension. I think the big thing was maybe with what happened in where was it last year Brazil when Max yeah. ignored. Yeah. Um, Team orders. Team orders. I think yeah. when they, at least when when Red Bull, when that happened, and then this offseason when they brought in Ricardo as the third driver, I just feel like the desperate attitude of Ricardo combined with Checo maybe being unhappy and Red Bull maybe being unhappy with him, I was like, well, if Checo doesn't immediately be that number two guy, and like you said, Chaz, like consistently be in the second in the driver's standings, I could see a world where they – they bring in Ricardo as the number two driver, just because I think they now know 
that Ricardo would be okay with it and Daniel would be okay with it because of how wrong things have gone, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah. However, with that being said, I think Checo has laid down the land and said, hey, I'm not that far off Max. I know in the race it was like, what, 10, 12 seconds, but in qualifying yeah. I'm there, and if I can replicate that, there's absolutely no reason for Ricardo to come in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, supposedly Danny Rick has been lapping a bit faster in the sim than Checo, but it's like, I think it's like one-tenth, so it's not <laughs> that much, yeah. It's like yeah. they're basically the same, so I feel like Especially with today, I feel like that was a statement for Checo and like his case with Red Bull. He's like saying, like, yeah, I can still like be. I'm not going to be right behind Max, but I'll get like a solid second place. I'll be right there. This is why I deserve to be on this team. Yeah, yeah. Also, I feel like like uh for like comparing like Danny Rick to like Checo. Um, like I feel like Danny Rick, like he only won like. He only won like crazy races or like or like races where like he was kind of like put in a position to win. Like I feel like Checo's kind of fought more for his wins. Like I know Danny has uh, like eight wins and Checo only has four, but like you look at Checo's like first win, like he got spun on the first lap. Yeah, last to first. And, yeah, and then basically did a last to first challenge, IRL, and then. Yeah, uh, but that also had that. I mean, the beginning of that race was also crazy. I think Danny Rick, he's had he's some crazy car, ones. Yeah, he, he has had, but he's had ones where he's just like converted from pole, like right where he's like just in Monaco shown, in 2018. Yeah, where he's just yeah. showing he has the pace. And I think, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen that Danny Rick in a long time, and that's the issue. It's just like, yeah. like either when things looked like they were going right with Renault, we decided to leave, and it's just like, you know, when is he going to make the right choice? Because it seems like he's. You know, been making the wrong one since he left Red Bull, right? And maybe that wasn't the wrong choice because I don't think it's hard to say that was the right choice. But I understood his thinking. You know what I mean? Like, I get that. And then things went right at Renault in the second season, and you're like, well, why did he? Yeah, yeah, I mean, Renault gave him everything he asked for and more. Yeah, and he was like, it was clear that they wanted him to be like their future. They wanted him to be the face of the team. They wanted him to be like their poster boy. They were designing the team around him and he threw that all away, which yeah. kind of makes you wonder why. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to cover? I think we got everything. This, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess one more thing is, I don't know, like, you know, Zhou Guan Yu, uh, so like performance today was, was like pretty, Meh. pretty far from Bottas, and uh, I know, I know, like in some races, like last year, it seemed like, uh, Joe was like, like really good or just had like reliable or like reliability issues, uh, so I just I know something to watch out for is kind of like, the difference between Bottas and uh, like Zhou Guan Yu, just to see if that like one year in. In development for Joe is like, like really working or not? Because I don't know. He he might be in in for in for the the boot next year if he can't perform uh, close to Bottas. And uh, I mean, if the rest uh, of the season goes like today, then yeah. But I think there was enough last year of Joe when the car was right of him performing. Well. Yeah, I'll reach off a cliff at the end of last year. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I I like Joe. 
I think there were question marks when he came in, whether he was just a paid driver. I think he disproved a lot of those arguments last year. It's now just a question of, you know, can Alfa Romeo get the right package and can he, you know, continue to be a solid performer? Because if he is, he is a massive benefit because of the revenue he's able to bring in. Uh, and that can yeah, be definitely. No, he's got like a lot of sponsorship money behind him. He brings a lot of money to the team. So. And uh, I was I was kind of hoping Haas was gonna be able to perform at the level of their of their livery, um, but unfortunately we didn't see see a big return race from uh from Hulken back. Yeah, and, we uh, barely heard about Haas at all. I know during it, the I, broadcast. It, it makes it was, sense. Yeah, it was like Haas, AlphaTauri. Yeah. Like we didn't hear about any of them. It was just kind of like there. I feel like Haas because of their partnership with Ferrari, they have a similar car to Ferrari, obviously the engine, and they're good they've shown they're good over one lap. Yeah. They had no race pace. And that's an issue. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a big issue. All right. All right. Well I think that's a that's a wrap. Uh thank you guys for listening and we will see you next time. Bye. Peace out.